Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So, for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. All right, is it your intro, Helen? Yes. Go for it. Collier. Is that how you say mm-hmm. Daniel Collier. No, Nick. <laughs> Nick, sorry. Almost. Fuck me. Fuck me. <laughs> like Nick and Daniel, they don't even have any relation to You're each like, other. You're like, I can't remember names. No, if you tell Nicholas or like Elizabeth instead of Ella, Elizabeth. or like, Daniel Collier, who's he? <laughs> Fucking hell! I would his have gone brother. with it. I would his have brother. Answered. He looks so much like his brother. I get confused. <laughs> God, would you like to introduce two letters the same? <laughs> no, right, you're going to do it now. Go on, you got this. I'm right behind she you. Hasn't. I'm right next to She's you. She's just proved she hasn't got it. Oh God! See if you can get it. Okay, go on. Hello, scumbags. This is the Scummy Mummies podcast with your hosts Ellie Gibson and Helen Thorne. To the Scummy Mummies podcast. It's me, Helen Thorne. And it's me, Ellie Gibson. And guess what, Ellie? I can't. <laughs> We've got the one, the only, Nick Collier on the podcast, aka Hell of a Day. Welcome to the show, Nick, if that is your real name. That is uh, my real when name. When we first attempted that intro, Helen seemed to think it was Daniel. No Daniel, one knows yeah. why. No. Are you very offended? No, couldn't give a damn. That's fine. <laughs> oh, thank God. We can still we can still do this. We can still sail this ship. I don't know where the ship is going, but it's going to be fun. Um, we've got drag royalty on there. I know. I'm very excited. Ellie's trying to be cool. I mean, you, you are infinitely cooler than me, but she's very excited. So and do you I watch thought, Drag Race? Yes. We love Drag yeah? Race. Huge awesome. um, I I also I made my children watch Drag Race mm-hmm. from the age of about one. Genuinely, I mean, it sounds like I'm just saying this because you're sat on my sofa, but I am a, such a huge fan of yours, particularly. You're definitely in my top five drag queens Aww. of all time, including the American series. Oh, oh, I can't big. say number one in case we have one of the other ones on one yeah, day. No, 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 no. Definitely. definitely. Play it, play it cool. I wow. love you and Ella day I just thought was was marvellous obviously the Nigella impression everybody talks about that mm-hmm. but just the whole thing the outfits and can I just say I just you came across as a lovely person which isn't always the case it's because I am so Is lovely it? Is no, it? I like I went on drag race after not that long of doing drag I had no fucking idea what I was doing to be honest we can't imagine what that's like can we Helen no, <laughs> no. Like, most of my life I'm just winging it and um Going on Drag Race after the lockdown and like, you know, I started Hairspray at the beginning of the lockdown. Then I was working in Morrison's the next week. And then by the end of the lockdown, I'd applied for Drag Race. And I was like, why the fuck not go for it? Mm. And so I went on Drag Race, you know, just, I'm not very like 
hey, I'm this and I'm this and you're shit and you're this. I was there and I was like, I don't know if I'm any good, but we'll see what I can turn out. And I managed to to just oh, get on with it. Oh, you turned it out, mate. You turned it right out. And like, then some. And so was drag race a positive experience mm. for you? Obviously, in terms of your career, like personally, like did you enjoy it? It was very, very full on. Mm-hmm. And I think because of going from the lockdown where I barely saw anyone, apart from the Morrison's shoppers in Dagenham, which was very gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of Lambrini sales. <laughs> oh, um, whispering angels. They can't keep it <laughs> on. Yeah. Thanks. No. Um, it was the most overwhelming bit for me was actually when you first go in the workroom mm. and then you're faced with, you know, 11 other drag queens. You've got the camera crew. You've got the story team. Suddenly they're holding up like, oh, can you ask, you know, who's nervous or who? It's a lot going on. Mm. And so for the first couple of days, which is the first couple of episodes, I was a bit like, whoa, why have I done this to myself? Mm. And I was was kind of like, shit, I I don't like this. So it took me a while to understand how TV works because I had no clue. Because it's reality and it's not scripted, but as you say, it is... Not staged is the wrong word. It's guided. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, they, they get you to ask questions just to keep keep the conversation going and, you know, just so that they can get out of it what they want. So, like, you know when you see people talking in the mirror about their traumas, that's kind of constructed and it'll be like, okay, so you're going to chat together at the mirror and we're going to talk about this. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. the rest just comes out. I know. would imagine that's quite stressful, though, to be kind of told, and now you're going to talk about your trauma, regardless mm. of what mood you're in or... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. in your day well it was actually the first couple of days it was stressing me out because I could see other people being produced or like hey um, go over there and dance around and I'd just be sat there like not getting used I was like ah okay Um, okay so I've got no storyline I guess I'm going home soon or you'll get a mirror chat or they'll they'll construct some chat at the mirrors and that usually means you're going home so like really oh no there was one moment that I remember vividly um Vanity it was towards towards the the end of her run and she was like right Vanity you're going to chat to Nick about I think it was about being a young queer person or something and she literally went am I going home then because (laughs) at that point you just I read that you get get the pattern and you know I guess when you've watched Drag Race for years they were just like, don't be silly. Oh. I don't think she went home that day, but no. I think she did the next week. Oh, <laughs> but, yeah. um, I guess Drag Race has been around for a long time now, so you get the formula, you understand what's going on. Yeah, you know? yeah. Mm. And what, how do you feel, I'm interested in the sort of editing thing, because I, I watch a lot of like, <laughs> some would say trash TV, I'm not saying Drag Race is trash, oh, no, but is I, watch, I watch a lot of like Married at First Sight Australia, mm-hmm. and um, I've recently watched The Ultimatum, Queer Love, which I highly recommend. And often I listen to podcasts with people who've been on these shows, and there's a lot of complaints about the edit and the way mm. they were portrayed in the show. But then you get the other side of people who had like, what they call a good edit, saying, well, you know, I... You, you say the things or you don't say the things, right? You exactly. know, so there's yeah. no such thing as a good or bad edit in terms of if you're going to say shitty things and behave like a shit person, you're going to come across like a shit person. Yeah. But mm. then some of these people are saying, no, that's not a fair reflection and they've taken things out of context. And what, what's your take on all that? Um, I think if you're going to talk shit and say horrible stuff, then that's up to you. In, 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 a, in a sense, you have to self-edit yourself. If you're going to say it, then they can use it. You know, oh, yeah. they're also always listening to what you're saying when you're not on camera. Yeah. And I found that out when someone was like, oh, I heard you saying this about um, someone. I was like, 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, I think, you know, by the end of the show, by the end of the run, they've got an idea of what your story arc will be. So then sometimes I think they'd go back and and kind of edit it the way they want it to run. So, like, I ended up with this Ella has no personality edit, which really upset me because I was like, I, I do have a great personality. In that. And I, did, I didn't get that story. Genuinely, I get, it sounds like I would say this because you're here, but I didn't follow that narrative. I was yeah. like, no, this is obviously a very creative, interesting, funny, but you're very funny yeah. even when you're being yourself. I was like, I didn't understand why they were trying to sell that in, really. But do you think it's like if you're if you're outrageous and bitchy and, and have got, not vendettas, mm. but you've got the, the points of conflict, then that makes you interesting mm. rather than... Yes, maybe you know, that's yeah. because you were doing so well as well. Yeah. And you were so likeable. It's and, and maybe they're like, well, it's dull if someone is just nice and successful. Yeah. How dare they? Yeah, I think, without I think with down. me, it was that whole underdog storyline where it started off slow and then kept winning 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 like right to the top Mm. and so I think they had to go back and sort of work out how to make that work because I'm not naturally I don't go into a room and like oh hi everyone like that's just not me I'm like I like to work out where I fit in Mm. I'm very dry very sarcastic so most of my humor comes from commenting on what's going on so in a group of 12 people I'm never going to be the loudest in the room and Mm. I know that like I'm old enough and ugly enough to know that Mm. um but I, I was pretty happy with my edit, to yeah. be honest. Like, I kind of went on there and just proved my worth through what I did rather than having to talk about what I could do. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because mm. I hate people that are just Billy Bullshits. Like, yeah, yeah. I hate, Billy Bullshits. I, I like that, Helen. Like We're Billy Bullshitters. Yeah. <laughs> horrible breed. I don't yeah. like that. Like, I hate people that are always, like, tempting us with, like, oh, you're not, you can't believe what I'm doing next. Yeah, and it yeah. never arrives. Can I shock I you, as Alan Partridge would say? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, it, it wasn't too bad. It was, it was a bit scary every week because you don't watch the show before it goes out. So you watch it as everyone else in the country, in the world watches it. So it is a bit nerve-wracking watching it each week because yeah. you can't remember what happened because we filmed it so fast as well. Mm. It was just like day after day after day. And were there particular challenges or, or <clears throat> things that you, you know, obviously felt easier doing or, you know, you like more, but were there were there particular challenges that you knew were coming that you were going, fuck, I don't know if I can do this or this was, you know, felt really out of your comfort zone? A lot of them. Right. A lot yeah, of yeah. them. It didn't, it didn't come yeah. across as that though. The, but yeah. The way I am, I think I've been faced with so many, I've, you know, I've been through the audition fucking circuit yeah 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 and so I'm good at pretending that everything's cool and I'm chilled yeah really I'm really erratic Mm. people always think I'm really put together and and calm which I am most of the time but I'm also like my brain's just firing off yeah um I was really nervous about the snatch game Mm. really nervous about the stand-up I was nervous about the sewing um anything that was dance related I wasn't worried about because I can pick it up quickly but yeah there's so much and I think because you're just so tired and the days are so long Mm. you just have to go with your instinct and just like just make something happen and do your best so yeah there was a lot lot, most of the challenges I was most nervous about I actually ended up winning which was bizarre yeah 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 but kind of like the snatch game I always thought I'm either going to be really shit at this or really good because my improv skills are good Mm. and I'm glad I didn't do Mystic Meg because I think I probably would have bummed at that but she has such a different energy to Nigella is just so yeah. you know opulent and you know flamboyant exactly. and things like that but also you were very good at kind of bringing in those you know like micro how is it micro microwave yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so things like that and, and oh my <laughs> god that was gorgeous and when you said to Nadine that you didn't know yeah. who she was oh I don't darling know who you are what to do but it's gorgeous <laughs> 
<laughs> I, my technique with with um, Snatch Game was to talk more than Rue could talk because yeah, all of the funny bits you saw was Rue saying like, "Oh, Nigella, what are you cooking?" And then I just kept talking and kept yeah. making it funny because as soon as he asked you a question to slip you up like to, yeah. to catch you out then you're buggered yeah yeah so yeah I, my and then you start doubting yeah. you lose your flow my yeah. technique was to just take like vanity's dirty rice and get that into a joke and then go yeah. on to my answer so i think my my way of like of just finding the funny in bits just just really worked mm. there and i didn't know it would but yeah it, it, kind of were you did. nervous about Nigella seeing it and reacting to it or were not, you like fuck it not fuck really because <laughs> I thought I could have gone in really hard on Nigella you know I could have been I could have had a bowl of coke I could have had like <laughs> you know, it could have been really bad yeah. and mm. she actually was really complimentary on Twitter she was she was talking about the pump and potatoes <laughs> and she was saying it was gorgeous or something like that she she was really lovely about it because I don't I doubt she's ever watched Drag Race I, I don't I don't know. I don't imagine. But, I don't know. But um, they were like, oh, we need to get Nigella on as a as a guest judge. One oh, week, I think she'd, she'd be, be fab. Yeah, she'd be really fabulous. Yeah, and she's a big supporter of the LGBTQ plus community as well. So, mm. yeah. yeah. No, that was, that's fabulous. Yeah. So going back to Ella, mm. um, how what is your sort of relationship like with Ella? Or do you have one? I suppose, because we... we talk about this a lot so we have like on stage personas yeah. but we're still Helen and Ellie and we still call ourselves that mm-hmm. and we wear gold cat suits which obviously we don't <laughs> generally wear Gorgeous. in yep. real life but our, our on stage personas are like an exaggerated bit of us aren't they yeah, yeah. there's a bit in the show where we pretend to have a little fight because she tells me I look like Alan Carr <laughs> and uh, and also Bob Geldof which is a real thing she did actually say to me once I look like Bob Geldof so nice. uh, when he was in the Boomtown Rat but you've got to have a little bit of conflict and you've got to have a little bit of... Because if we both came out exactly the same, there's nothing interesting about yeah, that. You've got to have exactly. the points. And also, for an audience member, they'll identify with Ellie and, and, and her, you know, as someone say, type A personality and I'm type B. Mm-hmm. So, you, so you've got to have that um, within that. But it, the, the, it has just established itself over the 10 years of performing. But I guess my question is, how much is Ella... Like, is Ella a version of you? Is she a completely different character that you, you put on the sort of stuff and then you become her? Or is uh, it like acting or is it more like comedy, I guess? No, it's definitely, I definitely don't act up. I definitely don't feel like I'm a different person, even. Mm. I feel like it's just me. A bit prettier. Just a little bit. Yeah. A massive wig. <clears throat> and just have that freedom to really say what I want. Like, mm. I picked on the only deaf person in the whole room the other day by accident. Oh, oh. Every comedian has had uh, an experience where they've accidentally just missed fired. Yeah. (laughs) Did you do that time (laughs) when you said it was someone's? You've thought someone's sister was their mum. Oh yeah. Or or like, have we got any men in the room? And I went to this woman going, "Great to see you here, sir." sir. (laughs) Yeah. Not a woman. Not not a man. A woman. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I've just everyone's done it, and because it's you know when you're looking at it, it was fine, but I couldn't understand why he wasn't responding. And then I saw him after, and he's like, "I couldn't hear a fucking word you were saying." (laughs) Anyways, I I think with drag, it it does give you you know it's like wearing a full shield of armor. Mm. You are like protected by this character. So, although I feel the same. I think I definitely know I look different and the way people respond to me is different to out of drag. So there's that extra bit of confidence, I suppose. Um, I can afford to flirt with people more because as Nick, I would never 
flirt so much with like a gay boy yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and make inappropriate They're jokes and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So it's part of the character of, of Ella, but generally I do I do kind of feel like myself, but yeah, just a little a couple of steps more. Mm. Like amped up, usually yeah, on yeah. gin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah, always and like with the audience interaction stuff, that that just allows me to like not hold back and to just go with whatever comes to my brain, I just go with. And I don't, I've never really performed anything like what I do with Ella out of drag, so I don't know if I could do it out of drag. I imagine I could, mm. but it'd be a very different experience, I think. Do you know what mm. I mean? Like, because you almost know when I'm in drag, I know I look different, I know I'm singing Sh- Shania Twain and I'm singing Shakira and Cher and mm. all the shiz. Yeah. Um, but then if I was to do that out of drag, I actually would would hate that because I never have liked getting up. At, I hate karaoke. I hate getting up and doing solos like musical theatre, at little gigs. Mm. I hate all that. Mm. But when it's Ella, I just you, kind of... You're not the person at the it. birthday party that sings a little bit louder and does like the harmonies. I'm the opposite. People... I, hate birth- I hate my own birthday. Oh, really? Oh. I, I like, I get very self-conscious and a bit shy about mm. any, any celebration of me. I get a little bit like... Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we're exactly bizarre. the same. Oh, I hate, I hate, I hate, <laughs> I hate, I hate <laughs> parties. No, 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 no. 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 Complete touch. We love a <laughs> Love a party. Love a Guinness World Record attempt. Love I love, it. No, I love that. I'm going to take inspiration know. from that. I like how it matches your wallpaper, really. I think the colours, the colours. I'm really... very pleased they went with the right branding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For my lounge, it's actually worked really well. Should probably hang on the wall at some point. Yes. No, but should we? Should we go back? Let's get back to young Nick slash Daniel. Nick Daniel. <laughs> so, 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 who, who, who was the young Nick? So, you know, was was performance music? Or what was what was your your childhood like? Um, so, I was born in Essex, but grew up in the countryside of Suffolk. So, mm-hmm. like my my childhood was really like rural and like chickens and dogs, cats, everything, Beautiful. you know, all the animals. So, like, really quite quite sort of free, and like, I was kind of one of those kids that would go and talk to the flowers and like the flowers were taking me around the garden because we didn't have we didn't really have computers or anything then no iPhones no no. so it was uh, you just had to make your own fun so that was great and I kind of I started like shuffling my feet around when I was about five and then kept begging my mum to take me dancing Mm. but then I was too nervous to go by myself so I dragged my brother into it so my brother came and then kind of danced on and off throughout the years Um, but yeah I've always been a like a very creative, artistic. My mum thought autistic, but I think it was just artistic. Yeah, <laughs> <Kid>. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, just I just always loved painting and gardening and like yeah. really like it was in hands water, on. As yeah, like, in, in, have yeah. to have to do something with my body and like. Um, it wasn't until I had big family breakup and moved schools, different county, like drama, 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 really tough. But I kind of. I did uh, a panto when I was about 14 in Norwich and got paid to do it as one of the junior dancers. And I realised, fuck, I can get paid to do this. This is brilliant. This is so easy. Like, it's great. So then I took my dancing really seriously and I I probably went to class every night of the week. I think about six days a week I was dancing. Auditioned for college and then left home at 16 to go to college. And where did you go to...? uh, I went to Bird, which is in Sidcup in Kent. Mm -hmm. So... That was great. I, I was so ready. Because I think I I grew up really quickly when I was a kid. 
because so, of your family situation yeah because of family and everything like I moved school in year 11 and that was really hard I yeah. hated it um, so I just couldn't wait to leave and crack on with my own life you mm. know yeah yeah yeah. so you, as you said you came to drag quite late oh yeah what was the sort of impetus uh, so when I joined the Book of Mormon they put on a charity gig every year called Mad Drag Night which I'd watched the year before and then when I joined the show they were like do you want to join so I said yeah definitely I'd always watched Drag Race probably like you for since like whenever it first came out 2010 or whatever and um, yeah so I joined this this cabaret night and the first time Mac did my makeup and I had some shitty outfit on from Boohoo <laughs> and then didn't do anything until the next year and then the year after that I left Mormon and I thought, well, I've got no job to go on to, so um, I can be a drag queen as well as all the other jobs. So that's mm. kind of how... That's that your went. origin story. Yeah, so 2019 is when I kind of came out of Mormon mm. and had no work. And I was like, well, this is another string to my bow. I was going to ask about like doing a musical, because mm. you're doing eight shows a week. Yeah, how do you, sometimes how nine. Do you, how do you keep interested, or what do we say, interested <clears throat> tits and teeth? Like, you know, how, yeah. do, you, how do you keep well, that? Well, it does, it, the thing is, when you sign on for a year at a time of a job, mm. it does become a job after yeah. a while. So you, what I'm very good at is turning it on. Yeah. Turning off, turning yeah. off. Um, so, yeah, it does get boring. Yeah. Like, that's why... I left because I was like, do you know what? I can't. If you can't offer me anything more, yeah. I'm going to leave. So I did. Yeah. Um, but what's so nice is it's so social and it's so fun. You're there six days a week mm. seeing your mates, you know, I had some best mates there. So in terms of working, it doesn't really feel like you're working. You're going in essentially for like four hours a night, you yeah. know, mm. and getting paid a decent amount, not enough. Yep. So yeah, it is it's a bizarre sort of industry to be in, and some people stay in it for years and years and years. We always talk about the Lion Kings dudes, don't we? Yeah, yeah. Those dudes who've been doing like the, the big roles Scar for, like, for ten years. years yeah. like, I don't know how you're not mad. I don't no. understand yeah. how you're yeah, not some, serial. Some killer. of my friends in Mormon have been in it for like seven years now, and I think they've done different jobs and stuff. But for me, I just after two years, I'm like, that's enough. So yeah, mm. it's a fun industry to be in. You yeah, know? yeah. Oh, I mean, it's it, not very creative. Yeah. because you have no creative control. Yeah, you can't go offline. You like no. Yeah, that's why I love what I do is because I create the whole thing. Mm. Like I know, you know, I control the looks, what I say, what I sing. I'm in control. So if, oh. if it's shit, it's my fault. Mm. You know. Yeah. If it's great, then it's all about me. You know. Yeah, and um, Ellie, I remember quite early on when we were starting it, she said, there's Sarah Millican's rule, isn't there, Ellie? Oh, Millican's law, yeah. Millican's law. Do you know this, Nick? No, what's Daniel? that? So, um, <laughs> she, her rule is, if you have a bad gig, like for whatever reason, yeah. bad heckler or just it doesn't come, you know, we've all had those gigs, right? If you have a bad gig, um, you're allowed to ruminate on it and be upset about it until 11am the next day, mm. at which point you have to just let it go yeah. and park yeah. it but equally if you have an amazing gig and just it's brilliant and everyone thinks you're the shit and it's what did you say hilarious. Billy Two Dicks Billy Two Dicks <laughs> you also are only allowed to enjoy that and feel like Billy Two Dicks until 11am the next day oh, interesting. because either way if you have a shit gig and you, you, you'll go into your next gig going oh I'm shit it's going to be shit yeah. it'll be shit but if you have a great gig and you go into your next gig going I'm amazing and this is also going to be amazing yeah. you'll fuck it like yeah, yeah. just something will go wrong and then yeah, it's that's a good fucked. way to think isn't it yeah. 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 so we've, we've <laughs> occasionally used it in both senses yeah, yeah. Um, with drag with it being a relatively new 
thing in yeah. the country, like these big drag tours or like I've had a huge issue with my ex-manager, which I won't go into, but owed a lot of money. Um, the drag community are taken advantage of because, mm. you know, we're not covered by equity, which is like the actors union, which we can sign up for. But you do find that you can have a horrible, horrible gig because you're treated like shit. Right. Like even... Like last year, I had a few gigs where I was like, I'm never doing that again. That was awful. Mm. I hated it. Mm. Just treated like bullshit. That's gross. Yeah. Um- Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Talking about the drag community, um, how do you feel about how, what that sort of looks like now? So, like a few years ago, I went to see the uh, the American Drag Race, some of the stars on tour. I think it was at Clapham, mm. um, and it was a great show. It was brilliant. It was Latrice Royale and mm. all of that, and yeah. Lady Bunny, and it was it was a brilliant show. But I remember looking around, and actually, I was in the majority in terms of it was mostly women and what mm. looked like. Uh, of course, there were gay men there, but yeah. I was like, oh wow. And I've I've read since about there's this idea that maybe that culture is being appropriated by straight people and especially straight women. What do you, how do you feel about that? I mean, I personally don't have any issue with whoever wants to support drag and enjoy the art of it. I don't give a fuck who they are. Mm. Like a large majority of my fans are straight and women and, but you know, they're gay, they're trans. I don't really care. They're buying tickets. Essentially, yeah. They're paying. <laughs> the money's the same. You know, <laughs> yeah. you need people to buy a ticket to your show. Mm. Who cares who they are? I don't. No. As long as you're enjoying it and you want to be there. Yeah. And you're not just being forced to be there. Um, I think, you know, drag in general, because of Drag Race, has become more of a general thing. But as well, I think that's great. I think we've had on TV now so much representation of what, you know, an LGBTQ plus person is. When I was a kid, probably when you were kids, there was nothing apart from... There was Julian Clary. I remember... Well, exactly. Julian Clary. Yeah, and I remember we would... My brother and I would just... We'd wait every week for sticky moments. Mm. And my dad is a... You know, he's a Church of England vicar. And he'd come in like, what's this? And we're like, this is the funniest, most joyous thing we've ever seen. Yeah. Like... We were just blown, and especially, you know, growing up in rural Australia, mm-hmm. when Sticky Moments came on, it was kind of, I was like, I want to be part of, and yeah. that, and Ab Fab. 
Yeah. They were the two things. I'm like, I'm going to move to London and I want exactly. to be. I want to be part of that. I want to be sticky. Yeah, yeah I want to be sticky, sticky, sticky and fabulous. Um, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, like as as a kid, there was Julian Clary. There was like Paula Grady or Lily Savage. There was not many. No. Good representations of what a gay person was. They were all ultra camp. Mm. So it's nice now that Drag Race gives gives kids out there an opportunity to see everyone's so different. You know, mm. like I'm not super camp. But then in drag, I can be. So, like, you know, I, I just like the fact that there's storytelling. And I think that's the bit about Drag Race everyone forgets. Because most of the show, we're not in drag. We're mm. ourselves. Yeah. And telling our own stories, which are all so unique. Mm. But, yeah, back to the who comes to the shows. I mean, anyone can come. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, then, and there's, then there's all this stuff about drag storytelling as well, which we've been involved in the process <clears> down here and <throat> on the road and stuff. Because... You know, I just think it's it's bonkers that this idea that drag is inherently sexualised and it's all about that. And, mm. you know, we were talking about this earlier. You, of course you have adult material. We've yeah. got loads of fucking absolute oh, filth. Awful stuff, really. <laughs> if we go to a kids' festival and we're doing a kids' show, we're not going to say that on stage. And I don't yeah. know why it's so difficult for people to get their heads around Well, that. I just think, you know, I went to a panto at Christmas and the amount of innuendo that is in a panto... Yeah. Oh, it's all dick and balls. It's all dick and balls. So all these yeah. people that are protesting these drag story hours whatever they're called mm. which I, I mean I've not done and I don't really have any interest in doing but you go to a panto and every other joke that the panto dame or like the funny little guy will say is an innuendo joke and mm. that is sexualised and that yeah. is usually about sex or something Yeah. so it blows my mind that these people that have grown up watching panto are now suddenly like <gasps> horrified that yeah. a drag queen is reading a story yeah. That is a kid's book. Like, I just don't understand it. But this whole issue with drag is just concealing what's really going on. It's a distraction from what's really going on with the government. That is that is the truth. Mm-hmm. And they're just trying to pin the blame on other people. Yeah. Do you think we- there's homophobia there? Do you think it's that? I think there's transphobia mainly. I think there's homophobia. I think... All, all the phobias yeah. and I think I think like I said they're just distracting the world by by pinning it on a on a group of people that are already penalised and already under threat all the time yeah. you know victims of abuse and mm. you know so it's gross it's gross I did enjoy the irony of the protest we went to of the bloke he's off GB News Calvin yes, such a dickhead dreadful yeah. but he's um, he's a deacon I think in a, in a church and he turned up in the like proper like dog collar and it's like right so you're allowed to dress up and tell people stories oh yeah you know (laughs) the rest of us and then my favorite bit was when the crowd was like the protest it was obviously tense it was you know you you had some of them doing Hitler salutes do you know what I mean it was quite a difficult fucking day it was was, generally heavy for a Saturday morning there was a little bit of (laughs) egg nonsense but the police were you know Mm. managing it it was it was okay um but at one point the sort of the 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 protest crowds just started shouting at him you're not a real vicar you're not a real vicar which I just thought was the most British like yeah. Yeah, you know insulting but not actually like swearing or yeah. oh I loved it it was it was great and again you know there was great representation from our entire local yeah. community there was That's old nice. people young yeah. people families you know that guy with the tiny dog I mean <laughs> The, that drunk guy. Yeah, that drunk, the little guy, <laughs> yeah. the police were like, go move along, sir. And he was just like, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> was, 
Oh, wow, we've laughed. Oh, so unwell. It's so good. But, um, but yeah, it does bring you to, it brings you together. Like that, that community wouldn't have, unless there was the protest. Mm. You sort of, it does sort of solidify things. And I, I mean, I, Ellie and I both got, you know, young children, or mine are 12 and 14 mm. now. And I, I love that they feel like they can, they, they can see themselves in all these different um, people in the media mm. now that, that we didn't have the choice, you yeah. know, that there was shame or secrecy or, you know, there was so. that auntie and auntie who were just good friends, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. They're, <laughs> yeah. just, they're just friends. Just share a bed to me. Yeah, yeah. And like a flat shoe and a yeah. very short haircut. <laughs> they're very into the very gym. Sporty, yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's different. It's different times. Like, you can tell yeah. how woke and liberal we are because I said to my, my 12 year old, we're having those conversations like, do you think you might want to get married one day? Mm-hmm. You know, do you think you might want want to marry a lady or a man? <laughs> and he's like, Mum, I know you really want me to be, but I'm not gay. <laughs> you might be. Still time. Never say never. <laughs> You're only 12. That's Wait till nice. you get to university. I mean, that's the sort of language that, you know, that's perfect because it was always just like, have you got a girlfriend? And then obviously when I was young, I was confused. I didn't come out till I was like 20 or 21. Mm. Really late. I went through dance college and then just then tried to try it out being gay and I was like oh yeah this is right yeah go with that I made the choice I chose <laughs> yeah. to be gay yeah um but when I was a kid yeah, it would always be this language of oh, have you got a girlfriend like it was always just one like that is the right way yeah and n- any other way was wrong and yeah. that's how it, that's how your brain would would sort of digest it it'd be like well this is wrong mm. so let's not think about that and then I had loads of shit going on anyway, but yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think nice hopefully it's changing. changing. Yeah, yeah. As, as people grow old, I have an, an older relative who, <laughs> I had a friend who came out at university and yeah. a, a bloke and it was all, you know, it was all all fine, you know, because my relative's not homophobic. It was all like, you know, oh, great, yeah. And but he would ask about him in a way, like he would go, how's Alice? Is she still doing the law? Is she still, is she engaged? Is she, yeah, when's the wedding? And they'd be like, and how's he? Is he still bowling from the pavilion end? And I'd be like, oh, Oh my god! You I've can't. Not heard that one. You can't. I was like, you just can't. But to hit in his head, he was just being well milled, meaning yeah. making conversation. And that was to him a polite way of saying. And I was like, first of all, asking someone if they're still gay is so offensive. <laughs> to unpack all of that, it's not then a hobby. We've got to talk about the language that we're yeah. using and whether that's any of your fucking business. And I was just like. Oh, but it's it's hard, isn't it? It's that mm. it is difficult. I feel like with there is that line between there's people of an older generation who don't they don't mean to be offensive, but mm. that doesn't mean they're not being offensive. Mm-hmm. Like, do you struggle to deal with that? Sometimes? I mean, Facebook is is yeah. where you get all the offensive comments, and they're from the older generation. Really, the older generation. Someone said like Facebook is Facebook is for mums and racists these days. Yeah, I think people say things and don't realise what they're saying or, like, how they're saying it. Mm. And it can be really offensive. And it can even be, like, well, I've never seen you on the TV. I don't know what you do. So, like, what do you do? They're like, that's, wow. that's quite rude. Yeah. But also, um, I think there's a there's a wee bit of envy there. A hundred percent. That you're having fun and paying your yeah. mortgage at the same time. Uh, my, my dad was always unhappy. Like, I don't particularly get on too well with my dad. We speak better now he always hated his job and I made it my vow to myself never to do a job that I hate Mm. and I've always if I've done a job I hate I've done it because I had to and I've quit we know you loved Morrison's I love Morrison's loved working in Harrods selling perfume that was the best oh tell us about that what's that like awful (laughs) I hated it 
And I actually got, um, at one point, I got banned from beauty and perfume rooms because I was messing around too much. And they tried to strip... What were you doing? How do you mess around with perfume? And I come back from... I come back from um, Cyprus, I think, doing a job, and it was so hot in the store, and it was a sale, and all these perfumes were, like, piled up above my head. And I had a store guide, and I was, like, you know, frantically, what do you call it, wagging it around. Yeah, fanning it around my thing. And and he watched that, and then I, like, jogged on the spot, and, like, I ran (laughs) over to someone over there. And anyway, they tried to strip my Harrods approval away, but because my sales were really good, and my sales technique was very much very dry, so Mm -hmm. I wouldn't try too hard. And so I'd sell a lot. So they couldn't strip my approval away, but they did ban me from beauty and perfume. So I got a job. They put me in the cafe where I just took all the tips instead. Oh. So I made more money. Yeah. I wasn't awesome. meant to take the tips, but I took them anyway. Just the tips. <laughs> yeah, just the tips. Just the tips. Oh. <laughs> Working in the service industry and working in in our industry which is mm. performing, it's very similar because oh, yeah. you are at at the absolute whim of the general public you never mm. know who's going to walk through the store you never know who's going to be in your audience yeah. so i think that 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 gives you not calluses what's that word like resilience it's mm-hmm. like you 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 every day you become a better performer because you like you never know how you're going to respond to that or how you're going to be on the day yeah and i and you know i think most of my friends have all worked as a waitress or, you know, pulling pints or, yeah. or whatever. And I think it does it does make you a better person. Oh, I definitely. Think. Gives yeah. you life experience. Gives you yeah. something to talk about. Like, people that have got no life experience are so fucking boring, aren't they? Oh, my God. And there is nothing more glorious than having a bitch about a customer with yeah. your fairly... With your fa- fellow workmate like that's glorious yeah and and that just gets you through definitely yeah Yeah. I used to work in a pub in the west end I think it was when I started drag actually that year and I used to just get absolutely off my tits drunk and Mm. then be there like pulling pints like I felt like I was in like fast forward (laughs) (laughs) I was drunk hello Great, just running this bar basically. It was it was fabulous. Yeah. yeah, I am friends with some air hostesses, and they've been like, "Yeah, there's been many a flight. We've been out the night before, and we're just going down the oh aisle, God. like tea, coffee." <laughs> 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 I was like, "That's reassuring. Yeah. It's good to know in the event of a crash, <laughs> that's what's going on." And um, but in terms of going back to the sort of drag community and mm. the performance, yeah. I think drag sometimes has this image of being very bitchy and competitive. And I think, well, it looks like as a viewer. Especially in the American series, I think the latest series of Drag Race, that's mm. that's played up a lot. And is that is that a realistic? Is that a general sort of thing? Is that something they're sort of making it, bringing it up for the cameras, or is that a problem within the community in real life? Uh, I think I think British drag is very different to uh, US drag for a start. I think us UK queens are a lot more chilled with each other. Um, there is though the bitchiness and competition and all that sort of stuff mm. and like I think the envy when some people are working and some are not working at all etc um, actually on my season the the story producers were like come on guys we need to see you be drag queens bring the drop we got on really well so we didn't actually mm. need to be drama mm. so they had to like sort of draw some, <laughs> draw some <laughs> drama out of us because I think we sort of clubbed together because it was the pandemic and it had been such a horrible year mm. we were just really supportive of each other so yeah. I, I don't know if that's a real people yeah. come in here yeah yeah like, it's an appreciation yeah. I just I, I do think the the US one I think they know the formula they know that they need to be dramatic they need to call each other out they need to cause drama mm. And I think us British lot are a bit more like, oh no, don't need to do that. Mm. Decorum, yeah, and yeah. Um, just sort of 
dig in and get on with it. And I, I mean, I just get on with my own stuff. I'm too old to like get involved with all the little petty dramas. I mm. hate drama. Yeah. Do you um, have issues of people copying you and your your shit? No, not really. I've, yeah. I've been all right with that. I think um, th- there are a lot of clones of the same. Like it could be the same person over and over again. Mm. Um, but I've not seen any of me <laughs> probably because I've got no, I've got no fucking style. Yeah. <laughs> you've, not seen style. Our, you've not seen our Nigella impression. <laughs> there's there's also like there's only a few of us that are kind of sing like live singer drag queens so like that's Mm. not as popular so it's been it was quite easy when I started drag to be you know to get the work because I was already unique I wasn't like lip syncing because I hate lip syncing yeah and I'm a good singer and I can paint myself and look good so like I kind of put myself in a little niche and all of like the majority of my season, we're all really good friends and mm. really chilled, really support each other. The majority. That's a, there's a story the there. There's a yes. story there. <laughs> we won't go there. That's fine. <laughs> now, shall we talk about you being a great humanitarian? Mm. Oh, yes, come on. Oh, please don't. Oh, no, stop. He's doing stop charity it. work now. Oh, charity work? What, do you mean like how we raised £15,000 for the Born Charity, of which I'm, a, I'm an ambassador, Helen? Yes, yes. Yes, we love helping. Yeah. helping people and, and so do you oh yeah 100%. very good person. which kind of people we like to help premature babies <laughs> which kind of people do you like to help well this year I've been because my mum had breast cancer she was diagnosed during like the run of drag race so very wow stru- very stressful time oh, for me we? plus my mum on top so I wasn't able to be there and stuff mm. to support her and that really killed me We I've been working with Copperfield Charity which is all about working with young people to kind of identify when their bodies change and, you know, just to know, just to catch cancer really early. Mm. So, yeah, I've just done a 100-kilometre trek with, it was 120-odd um, men and women that did this trek. And it was it was really full-on, five Where days walking. Uh, Hadrian's Wall, sort of Northumberland. Oh, so it was beautiful. Gorgeous, yeah. Really gorgeous. And some of the, you know, some of these girls, women... Have still got cancer, still going through treatment. I've only just got over it, so like it was oh, wow. a real challenge for mm. them. Mm. For me, like taking on all of the trauma from people, giving mm. out mine, like that was quite exhausting as well. Because I think with my mum's cancer, I didn't really ever register that it was happening. I think because I was so busy and stuff. So like mm. it was a really emotional week. And also, I'm gonna work. A little bit with the Alzheimer's Society because my nan's got Alzheimer's. So, like, I try to do things that actually mean something to me. Mm. So, like, I want to work more with, like, an LGBTQ plus uh, charity. And just, like, you know... Yeah. Just do some good with a platform because what's the point otherwise? But the, it, I, I love that you, you'll do pretty much anything for charity because that includes camping. How was that oh, for I mean, you? That, that was the hardest bit. <laughs> It's I'll, awful. I'll it's actually a, awful. I'll walk 100 kilometres any day, but camping, no thank you. No. no. Six nights was well enough. But that was the first time I've ever been camping in my You're life. How old are you? Nearly 35. Wow, you've dodged a bullet, <laughs> So, like, I just realised how much I hated it. No, it's, it's, it's good to try something once. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I need, like, a blow-up, like, a decent blow-up mas- mattress. Oh, I was it's on awful. this, like, inch-and-a-half thing that was, like, so... Ungo- and I was on a hill... So I was oh. like sleeping on a hill. You like, never have a good sleep. Down. You never have a good sleep. And it's hot. Are you, hot. What really do you call bright. it, Ellie? 
A nylon coffin. Nylon coffin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Fuck camping. There you camping. go. We've yeah. said it. We no, fucking said it. We love it. charity, but fuck camping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, look, um, shall we have some scummy mummy confessions? So I, I have a, a son who's just turned 12, as Ellie as Ellie has as well. Um, and, and, and I'm getting into him into, it's been hot recently, and, and I've said, look, you need, you need to have a shower every day mm. uh, and wear deodorant. And then, so the other morning he comes down and I said, have you had a shower? And he's like, yes, I've had a shower. And I was like, and I said, have you put deodorant on? And he said, no, I use soap. What do you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> but you've got to do both. Oh, oh babe, but he'll get there. He's he'll get there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, can I tell another story? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, I was away on the weekend um, for the first time I'd been away with my fella and um, friends he brought some friends along as well which was really lovely um, and we both snore which is a you know a real joy but when we were asleep uh, uh, he was snoring quite loudly and then I farted and that made his snoring stop mm. <laughs> <laughs> I cured him oh, you really are it's the really perfect man him. I know isn't it nice it's so nice so love Nick, Daniel, Ella, whatever your name is, yeah. do you have a, have a confession for us? I mean, because I've got so many wigs and stuff, it's a bit gross, but I've got a dog. And I think he must end up ingesting wig hair. <laughs> so sometimes when he does a big poo... Oh, no. You then have to, like... Pull. Pull. Yeah. Oh, no! Out. Like a dreadlock. Yes, you'll oh. get a, quite a long bit of hair <laughs> sometimes. Ah. We're talking, like, this, oh. Oh, this long. Oh. So, at least it's coming out of his Yes, it's not bum. just, you it's know, like... stay in there. No, like fishing nets and dolphins. The, I mean, that's... Yeah. Ellie had a dog called Peckham. Was it? No, oh, no, no Bonnie. was called Peckham. Bonnie the dog, yes. And mm. did Bonnie... She, Bonnie used to, she was a lovely dog um, and she used to, she looked like um, Santa's little helper from The Simpsons. She mm-hmm. was that dog and she used to eat J-cloths. That was her thing, no one knew why. And one time we took her to the park and she was running and we were like, what's that? She picked up a flag or something and there was this blue thing flapping behind it and we were like, oh no, and she was shitting out a J-cloth <laughs> as she ran around the park oh, and it was like, it looked like a little, a little sex handkerchief. <laughs> <laughs> she was cottaging looking for business I don't know oh, what blue means oh, but um, oh lovely dog happy memories <laughs> golden times oh well there we go and that's the end of the podcast Where oh. have you got anything to plug Nick? I've got loads going on this year so November the film that I did called Some Other Hood is coming out I've got a tiny little drag part in that working on a, a fitness Thing. I don't think I can say what it is right now, but keep an eye out for Ooh. that. What's your Instagram fitness, handle? Fitness thing could be anything. Uh, could be a Kegel exerciser. Could, could be. be uh... <laughs> could be. You know, we'll find out. Um, at Elva Day is my my Instagram. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've got loads of bits. I'm back on TV later in the year. I think it comes out in December. Exciting, it is exciting year. We uh, we guess what amazing scenes. We're on tour, Helen. Well, oh, <laughs> I know. A couple of big gigs in Cambridge, Brighton, two big gigs in Catford at the Broadway. Banbury, Worthing, Barnsley, Bath, Stroud, Catford. We're into December now. Brighton, Trowbridge, Trowbridge? Trowbridge. Trowbridge. Henley, uh, and then that's it. Yeah. Uh, but oh, yes, someone offered us a show for January 2025 the other day. We were like, hang on, oh, we yeah, might oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. a new show. Mm. So thank you so much to everyone who's come to the shows so far. And yeah, hope you hope you know if you haven't seen it, it's the greatest hit show we're doing at the moment. So we've got we've got videos and shit now. Oh I know, new cat suits. Yeah, plus we... old jokes. Thank you so much. It's no, been such you. an honour and delightful to meet you. Thank you for coming all the way to South East London. I feel for very, this very and I'm um, thank you, Nick. 
Thank you, Nick. Well done, you. Thank you, Nick. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, Nick Coleman. It's been wonderful. Love with the master business. Thank you, thank you. Uh, it seems to go from strength to strength. It is very strong. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. I've read you. Oh, Daggy's like an Australian. Thing. Yeah, it's like really dorky. Of course, oh. you were younger than us, so you didn't grow up with neighbours. So we got I did, all the lingo from neighbours. How old are you guys? I'm 45. Okay. I'm 44, but I look older. So I'm, nearly, I'm nearly 35, but I look younger. You do? You do. Yeah. You're like a young Tom Daly. <laughs> I, I get. To- How old is Tom Daly? I don't know. Is he older than me? He's got. He's got a much older husband. Yeah. So that makes him older. I think. I feel like it does. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.